brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Oh yes, welcome to Sip Suds and Smokes, an award-winning podcast that is talking about beer today on this sud segment. Joining me here for this conversation at uh, microphone left is going to be good old boy Dave. Are you threatening me? My bunghole will ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, how much time do you think uh, uh, do you uh, work on coming up with each one of these? How much time do I think about anything? That's right. <laughs> well, well I tell you point. what, I'm thinking about now is uh, how everybody I would love hold to, up. I, I'm thinking three seconds. You know? <laughs> I'd love to be able to say that, make that comment like in a real life context. <laughs> you know, you just got to do it, man. Just say it to a cop. You know, are you threatening me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll let my bunghole answer you. <laughs> Also joining me here at the table is good old boy Kendall. Cheers. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, his uh, fermentation tattoo starts to quiver every time he sits down at the microphone with us. So (laughs) there you go. Also joining us here is good old boy Sparky. A sexually depraved miscreant who is seeking (laughs) to gratify his basest and most immediate urges. <laughs> Barley wine is life. That's right. Barley wine is life. Well, there's a clue about what's on today's show. Oh, oh, yeah. Also joining us here at the table is good old boy Caperton. Greetings. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I got nothing. That's like I'm, I'm <laughs> that drunk. line is why you still smell like old people. I drink. So. <laughs> I drink too many beers. He's here. all full of barley I'm wine. Full of, yep. I don't want to give it away, but I'm I'm full of very strong beer. Uh, and I forgot to introduce myself. This is good boy Mike. Today is a very big day. Big, big, very boys. big day. How big is it? Believers in Bigfoot say he's a massive creature. Exactly. Good old boy Kendall has actually raided his cellar and brought us a ten-year vertical mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of Bigfoot barley barley wine style ale. From Sierra Nevada Brewing Company in Chico, California, and Fletcher, North Carolina. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah we got to start saying that. Yes, they make. Uh, do they make this beer in both locations now? I don't know. I'm betting they still make it in Chico. Probably. I bet yeah, most of it sure comes out of Chico. Chico. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't looked at the bottle codes. But when the 2020 comes out, I'll take a look. Chico and the man. Interesting. Oh, yeah. You'll have to compare both versions if there's two versions. Well, before we get to this epic lineup, our sud segments are brought to you by... Are you lonely? Have you tried meeting people who interest you, but you just can't find any? Have all the dating apps let you down? Maybe you need imaginary friend. In this new social app that lets you avoid real relationships, there's no chance of being disappointed because it's all in your head. That's imaginary friend. Download it today. <laughs> well, a really great uh, epic lineup that we have today for Bigfoot Bottle Your Wine. Um, so we thought we'd take a little minute and uh, tell you a little bit about what Sierra Nevada has to say about Bigfoot, Bigfoot on their website. 
People rip on me for not being able to read. Yeah. Toy boat. Bug, uh, <coughs> bug foot. Bug foot. Man, that bug, bug foot bug barely wine. I had a little too much bug foot. Got that bug foot barely wine. Bigfoot is a beast of a beer packed with bittersweet malt and heaps of aggressive whole cone Pacific Northwest hops. First introduced in the winter of 1983. I did not know that it would have been around quite that long. Yeah. yeah. Bigfoot is a cult classic brewed in barley wine style, strong and robust with the refined intensity of wine. Bigfoot is prized by beer collectors for aging and sellers under the proper conditions it can develop enticing new flavors and character as it matures in the bottle i'm enticed i mm-hmm. i i'm feeling enriched not enticed but uh each new release or expedition is vintage dated collect your own and savor the evolving flavors hey, collect them all there you go it's kind of like pokemon but with That's beer <laughs> Gotta drink them all. Come on, how many of us do? Don't step off a cliff while you're collecting it. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Anyway. Pika, pika. All right. Good old boy Dave, tell us a bit more about barley wine in general. Sure. According to the Beer Judge Certification Program, or BJCP for you insiders, Mm -hmm. uh, here there are two types of barley wine. The original English barley wine is, and I quote, a showcase. a showcase of multi richness and complex, intense flavors, chewy and rich in body with warming alcohol and a. I went to Australia, I'm just going to stop. And a pleasant, <laughs> fruity, or hoppy interest. When aged, it can take on port like flavors, a wintertime sipper. Hmm. They are generally between 8 and 12% ABV. For more information on this style, check out the vertical tasting we did of J.W. Lee's Harvestdale called Barley Wine on My Pants. There you go. Mm-hmm. The second type of barley wine is American. 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 It is generally American. speaking a much hoppier version of, of its course. English cousin. Because we go big here. That's right. That's what we'll be trying today. You need to get a sound bite of an eagle screaming. Perfect. It's the sound of freedom. Yeah. Also, I have a question I want to ask you guys. Does my foot look too big for my body? I'm just curious. <laughs> Are you part Sam Squanch? I've, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're a good kudzu hunter. Because of because you can of your stamp out you can you can, correct, yeah. you can blaze got, a trail. I think you got big feet, boys. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, you have to say about guys with big feet. They you wear know, big shoes. Big, big yeah, shoes. That's right. Gold <laughs> sock. I, I like taking people that are visually intimidated to drink with me. You know, it's like yeah, yeah it's like always that. good to have somebody <laughs> like that in your corner. If you have, have good old boy, if you have good old boy Caperton with you at a beer fest. People don't tend to linger in front of you in the yeah. line. Like they just kind of part. Right. I know? usually just talk trash, take that opportunity because I know I got him behind me. Yeah. So right. I can That's get away right. with yeah. whatever I back. want. Tell this guy yeah. behind oh, me. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speak to my associate. It's like yeah. when people are accusing of breaking wine, you know, and I'm doing the, you know, patented horizontal shuffle and they're like, hey, and I'm <laughs> like, right. Talk, talk, right. talk to my concierge. He's right behind me. It's like his concierge. The horizontal. Shuffle, that's, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's dirty. Sideways, <laughs> you're, you're really, sideways, you're drag. really big, man. You're good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just beer. 
Well, good old boy, Kendall, uh, tell us a little bit about the Bigfoot vintages that you've brought for us today. Okay, today we are tasting Bigfoot going from, uh, we have a full vertical from 2010 through 2019 and a kicker that good old boy Mike brought of a 2000 Bigfoot. I've been collecting these for a few years. Um, most of my collection went back to about 14 through current times, but I was fortunate enough to be at the Sierra Nevada Brewery over in North Carolina going in the gift shop and they had a vertical for sale in the cooler. A nice. uh, couple of good things about this. It went back from 2010 to 2015. So I bought a six pack of Bigfoot with six years in it. Nice. Uh, oh and you, my. And you know that they took good care of this. You know, this beer was not sitting in a warm warehouse somewhere in right. some wholesalers. Uh, back just, of a Costco with a yeah, right? freaking fluorescent but, lights on it. So they have been taking good care of this beer. I'm sure it's been cellared at appropriate temperatures. And uh, we're selling these. So I was able to make, take my collection all the way back to 2010. And we have that wonderful uh, one that Mike brought. And one of the things we talk about a lot on the show are reference styles. And when yeah. it comes to American barley wine, you almost can't get more authentic than Bigfoot. The only thing I would say would be more authentic would be Anchor's Old Foghorn, which was mm. started in 1975 yeah. and yeah. was probably an inspiration for this wow. beer. Yeah. Probably, yeah. And then they started brewing this in 83. And there's yeah. a great story about this. As I saw this in the BJCP guidelines, uh, that when they first brewed it, they sent it to a lab. Uh, the lab called Ken Grossman back and said, your barley wine is too bitter. And they replied, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. You know, and there is a, you drink this fresh and I would encourage you to, even yeah. though this is a great beer to age and cellar as we're going to find out. Fresh Bigfoot is wonderful. Uh, like a West Coast IPA. It's kind of like a triple IPA. You could yeah, probably yeah. call it a triple yeah, IPA. Yeah. It's uh, very malty, very bitter, and it's really well balanced, so it all works together. But it's a beautiful beer no matter when you drink it. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so definitely uh, there are a lot of beers that are at Sierra Nevada that you can buy uh, that are go back in time. And, uh, and that was one of the things that – Really caught um, our attention the first time uh, that we were going through um, that uh, facility in in uh, North Carolina. They actually had like all these you know vintage Bigfoots yeah, in, old the, bottles. In, the, in the glass case, and you know I don't know who was slobbering on it harder or faster, you know Kendall or me. I was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that works me. That's <laughs> Just really and, taken out and, of context. I don't. I'm trying to <laughs> to get past that last one. Well, having when, a tough time when you're right on now. the uh, so when you're on the tour there in yeah. Sierra Nevada, they'll actually have these enclosed glass cases that have like a lot of their products, and you can. See, you know, a lot of vintage, you know, packaging that, you know, that they've done with a lot of their products over so time. It's kind of like when you go to Amsterdam and those girls oh, are window like shopping. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Exactly. <laughs> Just like that. But I do remember even that like very the first time, they had a vertical that you could buy there at the yeah. gift shop. And it was not like a five year vertical, it wasn't this 10. You know, ten-year vertical that you could do. Yeah, so. it's great. Every time I go there, I check the fridge for verticals. Yeah, I'm hoping to find a narwhal vertical one year. Oh yeah. man, that would be awesome. Yeah. So I always say, just talking about things you can't find, but guess what? There is a good chance that you can actually buy this, and that's the reason why I wanted to mention that there at the gift shop. So good deal. That's such a go. beautiful place, though. You know, I mean, I I I truly love that Sierra Nevada facility. Oh, it's North Carolina like Alpine Lodge. Kind yeah, of yeah. If, if you get, uh, I'm sure the one in Chico's amazing too if you're on the west coast but if you're on the east coast you need to get to north carolina and 
see that place. It is a true beer Disneyland. Uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, every, every detail, like of, I mean, just the architecture of the flooring, just every food. detail is yeah. just gorgeous. Mm. Well, uh, thanks for uh, joining us with, uh, for this episode so far. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. On today's Suds episode, we're going through a vertical of Bigfoot barley wine from Sierra Nevada. And we were just kind of talking about, you know, this flight in general. And, you know, what a great facility, you know, they have in uh, North Carolina. It's really a, it's a great, great place. So I actually call it Willy Wonka's, you know, chocolate factory because <laughs> I got to walk around with Willy Wonka when I got to go. That's so awesome. <laughs> getting, oh, wow. Did getting, he give you some candy? Yes. Ken Grossman definitely poured some really great candy for us, uh, you know, through the whole day. But I definitely have to say that one of the one of the cooler moments that I've had um, was uh, Ken Grossman walking over into the – they have the bins where they uh, take all the hops out of the bales – and they fluff them up. Is there and a job that's a fluffer? A fluffer, yeah. 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 A fluffer for, for, for hops. Fluffer, hops. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and, I'd do it. And, uh, <laughs> and Ken Grisman goes over and he just scoops up this giant you know, handful with both hands yeah, of hops. And he, and he thrusts it in, into my – right under my face. And he's like – Tony Montana. He's like, what do, you, what do you think this smells like? And I'm like – I think it smells like Ken Grossman asking me what hop smells like. And I'm just, you know, it was, you know, I, I, I'm not really much of a celebrity crush, you know, kind of person, but yeah, yeah. that was pretty cool. You that know? is cool. That yeah. Cool. I'm like, got all fanboy on Ken. I, I did. Yeah. I, hey, I, I, I totally, I totally <laughs> say that, uh, that I, I totally, uh, did that. Uh, Hi, Ken. <laughs> you the neatest. <laughs> I would too. I would too. Well, we haven't talked yeah, we about what I else mean, we're going to be doing today. Good old boy Caperton, I would like to ask you to read our Suds ratings today, but I want you to use your enormous stature to try and channel, you know, doing this in a Sasquatch, you know, kind of Bigfootish kind of way. You know. God, Jesus. <laughs> it's not going to work. We will. <laughs> we'll be discussing and rating these beers with the suds ratings that our scientists at our labs here at sip suds and smokes have devised we think of them as our signature belching sounds and those ratings are as follows what that's what what is i don't know what, <laughs> yeah i don't know that's what good that got oh, weird okay you saw it i'm with dave it got weird a rating of one there we go Get a little growl in there a rating of one. That sucks. Give me anything but a bud. A rating of two. Was that a belch? A rating of three. Ah! What a relief! A rating of four. Body should not make that sound. And a rating of five. Listen to that hang time, brother. Give me another. Can I just say... I've never talked to Sasquatch If you were out in the woods and you heard that talking at you yeah yeah you'd be you'd just fall over dead. yeah that's right. yeah i'm okay. gonna say that's okay. halfway yeah. in between right. a sasquatch right. and the lsu football coach uh, <laughs> at oregon <laughs> that's yeah that's good that's yeah good. talks yeah. just like yeah. that yeah. i'm channeling coach i'm yeah. telling you we got out there we're come gonna, on team come on tigers 
the Sasquatch. You know, yeah, so. Fact or fiction? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, that wanted me to take a crap in the woods. Okay, so. <laughs> that was good, Mike. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, think of Acreman. Yeah. Yeah. It smells like good. Bigfoot. Yep, that's for sure. We're going to go through and talk about our top three out of this vertical first. We've taken the time to kind of chat with each other after we've tasted the vertical, and we've come up with our top three years out of this vertical. Up first is uh, going to be 2016. Um, so this is, uh, again, Sierra Nevada's Bigfoot Barley Wine. 2016 is the vintage. Yep. What are some of your tasting notes on this one? Still balanced. Huh. Interesting. You get that. It's it's smooth, caramely taste. The bitterness just kind of blends in through the finish. Um, it's hard to it's hard to think you're drinking a you know a yeah, four four yeah. or five you know three four year old beer. It's weird because like and uh, and some of them like actually the year before the year after it's it's interesting like how how off kilter some of those beers have sure, gotten. Sure, where either the the bitterness like kind of fades out or it just has kind of taken over somehow. I wrote, I wrote righteously balanced. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that really caught my attention with this vintage was that it had changed uh, visually. It was definitely pronounced hazy um, for this particular uh, vintage. You know, uh, up until then, it was fairly clear, but this definitely was the year that I actually wrote down hazy. Um that soft, that subtle burnt uh, malt kind of character was mm -hmm. the. This was the first year that I really actually wrote that down. Um, but balance was definitely the thing that was really key. Yeah, and I think it was interesting too because we started off. I think all of us started drinking at 2019 and then worked our way back to 2010. Um, so it's just kind of interesting starting with fresh and working our way down to here. This was kind of a sweet spot along that, along that path. Um, there wasn't any real oxidation so much that I could taste. Might be just a hint a of smooch. it, but it really hasn't affected this beer yet. No, but, but definitely very rich, balanced, uh, to, to second what you guys all said, uh, on that too, for sure. Um, but yeah, this was kind of interesting as we were kind of starting at the beginning of the journey and working our way to the past. This was like one of those nice little moments along the way that was just like, oh, this is, this is a good time to drink it. So, uh, four years in, mm -hmm. it was a good time. Yeah. And, and that actually was, you know, probably the one thing that my general impression about barley wines, you know, hitting kind of the major inflection point is you know somewhere around that four to five year mark exactly and, and you know i that was kind of a preconceived you know uh impression that i've had tasting other barley wines or other um you know other products that have some similar style that are high alcohol that yeah they really do take you know a certain amount of time to come out so that uh uh i was still even with that preconceived notion i still just kind of let it you know present itself as it is and yeah. i was pleasantly surprised because i thought well it's going to be somewhere you know in this range and i was like wow boom yeah i felt go. it was significantly better than the previous year or the year that followed it uh yeah. personally and and really a lot of those intense hops that you get in the fresh ones those that had a chance to kind of fall down and just kind of blend back into the 
flavor background. Even um, as I'm uh, tasting it, as it's been sitting here in the glass now for about a half hour, you know, it's still really holding up incredibly yeah, well. It is. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, these beers all warm up well. It's weird uh, tasting the 2017 and then the 2015 right after the 2016. It's like, oh, wow, the 2017 feels like the hops are still a little aggressive. Yeah, they are. They were. Big time. Yeah. And then the 15, it's like, well, it kind of faded off. So yep. it, it is like 2016. Yeah, I think it's yeah. safe to note that this isn't like a, it's not like a linear progression. No, like, it's not. Like you would think it would. No, it's, it's not a stair coast. Is yeah, that yeah. it? That it's sort of like this ebb and up and down, yep. you know? Well, you got to think too, like how many factors are in each individual sure, year, like sure. hop harvest, like what, you know, what And also what storage and stuff like that. I think yeah talk about later but um i was uh, just to kind of throw this in i was really it, it was remarkable to me the step down from 19 to 18 like it was it wasn't it was a it was more pronounced it's like what happened in 2018 dude something you know oh wait did i say 17 i'm in eight just that one yeah, year no, but you're definitely right. those two yeah. years yeah i mean it was like that the 2019 you know is that which i think well, well all that about. uh astringent element you know really faded fast yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. Really yeah. Fast. Really, a, the well, alcohol well, just really yeah. kind of yeah instead of it a feeling attacking a to you big step like, down in the citrusy no, character you know like the fruity character yeah. of the hops you know most, like that was a big notice well in most ipas you know most people don't realize this but i mean usually you've got 90 to 120 days under ideal yeah. conditions yeah. Yeah. to really to experience the peak uh impact of those hops a lot of people just don't realize how quickly those oils are so somehow volatile. i just yeah. felt like yeah. more hops which these beers like feel like they minutes. have a, a significant <laughs> hop character you know basically fresh, if it makes it I into the bottle like, yeah. it's too old for mike he, he, needs it. <laughs> <laughs> he needs straight from the bright tank to his mouth or yeah. to me yeah yeah um well uh, what's interesting is our suds rating here for the sierra nevada bigfoot 2016 is going to be a four uh, uh, and i guess the, you know i we don't do this but what made you not choose that as a five? I mean, I'm just curious. Is it because you wanted to leave room to say, I know there's something better out there? Well, in my case, I'll be honest, I, I would have rated 2019 a five. Because hmm. that's, and I don't think that was our overall rating, but I could easily give, and I, I don't know, you just got to set the bar somewhere, you I, know? And, and I, no, and and uh, I think personally for me, and I know it's a totally it's a different style, but that that JW Lee's vertical we did broke me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, in a good way, in a good way. I agree. So part of it is uh, the complexity in this uh, beer compared to the JW Lee's. I mean, this is like a five layer painting, sure, you know, sure. compared to the JW yeah. Lee's was like twenty layers, you know. Yeah. And I think that's, for me, answering my own question, that was part of it is that the simplicity or that lack of complexity has, has me thinking, I know that there's something that is going to drive a lot more of that layered, you know, flavor. Uh, yeah, this but keep, keep in mind, too, a lot of those J.W. Lee beers were barrel-aged. To Correct. like in a cognac yeah. or a port barrel yeah. or different things, but I thought all those were pretty terrible, weren't they? I mean, most of the some, adjuncts somewhere, were, yeah, some somewhere, but but there were still somewhere. I think that you know they did something to those. 
now I'll tell you about this 2016. I think if we had rated it now as it's warmed up, because it's actually gotten a lot better and smoothed out in, in my mind, I would I would honestly say it's probably pushing towards a five at this point. Yeah, because it's it's warming man, and it's so like good. really yeah. coming. I do out. think it's gotten better. Yeah, uh, I can agree with, with that. One thing I like about the 16 is it shows you what a little age can do to this beer. Yeah. As yeah. much as I like it fresh when it's aged and it just everything works perfectly. It's a good example. It's a yeah. great example. Yeah. The 16 yeah. is perfect. Yep. So would you step out and just flat out tell people to say the sweet spot is uh, five years with with uh, with Sierra Nevada Bigfoot? Well, your mileage may vary. You know, but I think it's also there's a lot of variables. You know, I think sure. I would imagine honestly that yeah, probably we J- didn't pick the year before, year after. We didn't, and you know, you look at JW Lee's, which is pretty damn consistent. I think probably from year to year to year to year for the most part. This there's probably some variations in in this. Uh, I would say compared to. You know, um, I think so. Year to year, I'm sure. Like, if we could have them all fresh, it would be somewhat different. I think the more you rely on heavy hop flavors, the more variation you're going to get. That's a great point. Yeah. Because that hop harvest changes every year. Yeah. That's that's a chaos into your recipe there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the same recipe, but, you know, you don't know what kind of weather conditions affected the hops and how that changes the oil output and how it tastes. And they're really trying to make it consistent. But it's also different. Yeah. Well, speaking of change, let's talk about our number two pick uh, overall in this flight, which was actually number the two. 2019 uh, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. So what are some of your tasting notes around this? Almost still, I mean, fresh. You, the hops are still there compared to the rest of these. harsh, I mean, very bright. Yeah. Very, yeah. very fresh. Um, these Hop have ball. been refrigerated since I got them. They release usually in January. So, I mean, it's it's still nine-month-old beer, but compared to the others, the hops are just in your face. Yeah, they're still yeah. out there. It's very assertively bitter, I think. Uh, yeah. It was – I still remember the first time I drank this beer, and I was a beer newbie, and January rolls around, and everybody was rushing out to get their Bigfoot, so I didn't – I didn't want to be left out of that. Well, know? so – But it was – I yeah. remember uh, one of the first times that I had this beer – I actually had Celebration right about the same time that I yeah, had Bigfoot. It's fantastic. Oh, they, wow. They get released in nice. fairly close proximity nice. to they do. each other. They're about yeah. 30 days yeah. apart, yeah. I think. And uh, uh, very different beers, oh, you yeah. know, I yeah. think. And uh, that was some of my first impression was, wow, this is like super bitter. Like, I do yeah. not like this. That's you know? what hit me right away was just how And I'm with Kitchen. I had not really had a lot of barley wine. Uh, to really, I think, sit down oh, yeah. and I'd had I think to really yeah. understand the style well enough at the time. Um, you know, I think even even after you know, I've probably had a couple of hundred barley wines easily. You know, now, um, you know, I still think that this is so intensely bitter that I think that that can probably take a very casual, you know, beer drinker you know by surprise by surprise mm-hmm. for catch sure. your palate for off sure. surprise but this, now this, now when i drink it it's it's like i yeah. love it I, this, I mean, this yeah. requires a <laughs> yeah totally yeah this is a definitely a, possibly a little bit of an acquired taste i guess for have some it with people. food yeah well i but, think barley wine in its pure form really shows you the differentiation between american and english style way more than anything else like i mean yeah you know, you can say like stouts or whatever, but a lot of that is adjuncts or what, whatever different things. But like with a an, an, a barley wine, 
you're going with really huge, deep, rich, caramel, malty flavors, or you're going with kind of that, plus a, just a freaking buttload of hops on top of it. Yeah. And and the, the beer is so do. big that the, the distinction becomes that much bigger between the two. Have you ever made a barley wine, Dave? I have. You, you do they is I'm guessing sh- that's sh- a mash, brother. Yeah. That is a mash. Yeah, yeah. candy yeah. candy sugar. What do what are they? No, what, uh, I just used a really big malt bill, and um, and I think I had to use like triple pitch of yeast or something like I. Oh you, yeah, and you yeah. had to use like yeah. a really big yeast, like yeah. Pac-Man or something, yeah. like a real high alcohol to get through at all. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the only Fine. thing I wrote down about this that was unique was. To finish off this, I actually wrote down the stringent. Yes, and I back think, to nineteen. You know, coming back, uh, I think it, it's it astringent is probably not the right word. I think it's more of just it's a very alcohol hot finish. Yep. You know, very much. Um, and the other thing that was unique about this one was the appearance. This one was crystal clear. clear. Crystal yep. clear compared to the others. Yeah, that was a huge thing. That was a difference. Hmm. Uh, well, let's talk about our such rating here for the Sierra Nevada Bigfoot Ale 2019 vintage is also going to be a four. The last beer in our collective top three is actually going to be the vintage for 2011. So what do you guys think about the 2011 Bigfoot? Um, this was the first time I wrote down brown, um, <laughs> as opposed yeah, to kind of an darker. amber color. Yeah, it, uh, this was uh, the first time that the the tint of the beer had. It's tasting a little boozier now. Too, yeah. Well. What is the ABV on all these kindle roughly? Like twelve? Right? Roughly. I, I I don't know if it changes year to year or not. That's a good question. I can't but, feel my teeth anymore, so I feel like that's... This one is a little yeah, by the time By the time I got to 2011 and we were working from 19, you got to remember, here's what I wrote. My note was, this y- one, yes. what's beautiful... That's all, that's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> thing, Seriously, it's wrote, working. Yes. The thing, the thing I like about this, uh, we talked about the 19 being fresh, the 16 showing age. This one is another one that shows its age at 2011, you know, eight-year-old beer, but it, it shows that oxidation that you expect, but it's not a bad oxidation. Right. It's giving it's you those right flavors amount. you I want agree. out of it. Right. It's still balanced. It's still really nice to drink, uh, but you see what those effects of age are over mm-hmm. the another four or five years. The malt's yeah. really starting to pull away from the hot I definitely wrote down great balance. The yeah, the balance was the nicest thing that I enjoyed about this. The like, like you were saying, Dave, the hops have really fallen down to the point yeah. where, yeah, but there's still bitterness there. Yeah, in all of these for sure. And there's yeah. and it's crazy because you know we we drank all those JWLEs and you never dealt with bitterness at all. They were so, uh, you know, there was never any of that whatsoever. And so this is just such an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our sudge rating here for the. Sierra Nevada Bigfoot Ale 2011 is also going to be a four. Uh, yeah, I'm going to call that the year of great balance. Hey, we'll be right back in just one minute. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. On today's Suds episode, we're going through a vertical tasting of Sierra Bigfoot, um, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. Uh, it's a barley wine. And we have uh, almost an 11-year vertical here that we're going through. Oh, my God, boys. We are officially dealing with a fucking Sam Squamps. <laughs> should, we, should we talk a little bit about verticals before we kind of go? 
Uh, let's talk about some of the vintages that we've not talked okay. about first. Okay. Uh, Dave, was there any vintage that uh, caught your attention that you wanted to talk about? Well, I'll tell you, there's one that caught my attention that I, and not in a good way, was uh, 2014. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know what happened here. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. It is. Uh, it's a... Uh, <laughs> The the bitterness on this thing has it's almost like it amplified over over time. I wrote, I wrote bitter and weird. Like everything <laughs> I said raisins and ouch. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like uh yeah. yeah, there's there's some definite fruitiness in there, but there's this lingering hurt that that just stays. It's like bees in your mouth or something. I don't know. <laughs> And also, these hover. I said twelve percent in the last segment. They hover around ten percent. Ten percent. Oh wow! Not as much they as I thought. A lot hotter than that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they do. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did not care for twenty fourteen. Well, which was interesting because that was actually in my top three. I wrote down hazy, floral, sweet, and I did write something about the bitterness was kind of subtle, uh, but even actually tasting it here with you know again. I agree. There's something that is dr- dramatically different about mm-hmm. the malt, um, not the malt, but the uh, the hop bitterness. You know, off this was uh, yeah. I don't know there's nice off. components to it, but I think it's that aftertaste that it just sticks there and it kind of just knocks me around a little just bit. I, I just didn't like it. Yeah, mm. interesting. Uh, good boy, Kendall. Uh, was there a vintage that you wanted to talk about that we've not talked about so far? Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about 18 because it wasn't one of the best ones. In fact, it probably was probably in my least third of if you divide these up. And the reason was, is the hops have really fallen off. There's a huge difference between 18 and 19. But 18 hasn't had the benefit of time that like 16 had to really develop some interesting flavors. It's just kind of too soon. So lacking complexity and yeah, drink fresh Bigfoot, drink four year old Bigfoot, but two year old Bigfoot, not not so much. much. I actually, uh, this first time I wrote down, it's a tad creamy, uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, definitely you uh, far less bitter. Um, But that's the first time that you really that burnt. Uh, you know, roast really kind of is coming through. Um, well, and it's weird, you know, they say that, you know, about like uh, sour beers, like in Brett, Brett, I think more specifically, Brett beers, that there's a like, you, you know, you can drink it fresh, but then if you, you have to let it go for about four or five years, because in that two or three year range, it, it's it's doing it's some work, and, you know, and yeah. it's, it's really not going to be yeah. that great. And it'll change from yeah. week to week almost. That's know? amazing. Yeah. 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 I got a boy, Sparky. Uh, was there a vintage that you wanted to chat about? Yeah, man. I thought 2015 was really interesting to me because, uh, first of all, the color was much darker uh, than the colors around it. And uh, once you tasted it, um, it, it was actually kind of oxidized. That was the first one that I had that had a, had a quite a bit of, um, uh, yep. oxidation. I agree. That's the first one I really is like, boom, there it is on the nose and on the palate. I got mm. it both ways. And, uh, that was just kind of surprising to me, uh, because the previous years, uh, not so much. And then all of a sudden hit you with that, which I think is, you know, much more of a characteristic of, you know, JW Lee's and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was weird to have it in this profile for the first time with all the bitterness and, was it that the 2016 was so good and then you're like, you hit the 15 and you're like, 
Would. Yeah, that's absolutely. It was kind of a palate shock. It was a road bump, if you will. <laughs> we're, we're not going to continue on the previous uh, line. So, yeah, 2015 might have been a victim of 2016 mm. in a way. Hmm. But yeah, it was interesting though. But uh, the color was definitely much darker. 2015 was like Jan Brady after you see Marsha and then like <laughs> oh, yeah. little sister. Yeah. It's like, eh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. 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 Good, good one. That was that was pretty good. Dave probably connected with zero percent of our audience. I'm just really (laughs) is it it creepy or strange or creepy Uh, and strange? Don't get me talking about Alice. When he's right, he's right. (laughs) Caperton, was there a particular vintage that you wanted to chat about? Sure. I I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I really liked 2012. I thought um, it was. it was somehow um, maybe a little oxidized, but uh, but the maltiness and the bitterness and um, it just it all sort of fell into kind of working together place for yeah. me. Yeah, I, I, ox- a little bit of oxidation didn't really detract from. Yeah, that it was. In, I would say my my fourth pick. It, yeah, the it oxidation. Was, it works. didn't make my three because I, I kind of followed you guys. To be it's honest. it's similar <laughs> to eleven, but, but four, it wasn't as good 14, as eleven yeah. or twelve. Could have made my if it had one more year. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this was something I wrote down. A dramatic aroma change uh, happened right about this point in time, and uh, I was not expecting that. And then I picked up the glass and I was like, "Whoa, hey." Where'd you go? Hmm. Yeah. But I really, I, I thought that was an interesting yeah. beer. What about you, Mike? Was, was there, like was there one you wanted to beer? Talk? Well, the only, uh, the only one I uh, had was the 2014. We already chatted about that, but it's a good time for us to swing and talk around. You know, the, the one vintage that uh, we had here that was not in the vertical was the 2000. In yeah. the year 2000. So the first thing that struck us was, Wow, man, that's dark. That's it's, really it's dark. Really dark. <laughs> it had yeah. to. It yeah. The uh, um, it really moved from being this kind of uh, amber red, um, you know, tint to all of these into oh, this is just brown. Yeah. This is it's like brown. Deep, it's like I can't brown. see anything. Yeah, it was, it was nearly it was opake. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, like it, it was borderline porter. Um, you know, probably if you looked at it in the glass like and a nut uh, brown ale. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about uh, the taste profile? Of this. So it didn't hit me until now, right? And, and I think this is. I, I got to say that, but it. It uh, the the Americanness has fallen off. Of totally, this. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it tastes it's an a, little, a little bit more. <laughs> although there's some, I think there's good and bad qualities to this beer for sure. It, it's beer. more like a yeah. J.W. Lee's than yeah. a big. It is. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Yeah. yeah. Very chocolatey. Yeah. Super chocolatey. Yeah, that was the first thing. Kendall was sitting right beside me as we were tasting, and we were both tasting at the set at the same time. And I'm like, chocolate. Wow, that's chocolate. Yeah, the aroma coming off this thing is just amazing to me. Too. I mean, it's for a 19-year-old beer, it's, it's pretty amazing. A 19-year-old beer. This is the first I mean, time that, you know, I, I talked about that it's kind crazy. of layered, you know, uh, taste profile. It's definitely in this. For sure, you know, for this sure. mm-hmm. this is very com- complex. I well, think this, compared. Well, released January two thousand. So when they brewed this thing, it's pushing twenty years. Yeah. yeah, which I think that's amazing. Like, and it kind of blows the theory about like you know you can't age uh, a lot of beers beyond five. Yeah, 
Uh-huh. Um, I think I do think though, if you're gonna go past five, you got to let it go, mm-hmm. and it's got to be the right beer. I mean, you know, and this is very oxidized to me, yeah, but it definitely. really, really works because yeah, that's what you expect. Yeah, that's yeah. what you expect yeah. in a beer that's almost yeah. twenty years old. Yeah, and it and it works in its own character. It into does. The beer. It's another layer of complexity. Yeah. yeah, but even it's. I mean, if you had just poured this without having the other beers, would you have said, "Wow, that's a barley wine"? Uh, I, I would have not have said that. I would have said, "Wow, this is a really interesting porter." <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. There's still uh, that yeah, chocolate thing. Yeah. I'm so still pronounced. getting enough fruit, yeah. like the dark port yeah. characteristics to it, yeah. that kind of would maybe lead me. Yeah, in. and it really is very port-like. It's got yeah, some, that's a good yeah. 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 Um, hmm. really interesting. But the color throws you, especially when you compare it to all the other yeah it's years. if you looked at this thing compared to the rest I think, you'd, like, uh, you'd sit it back you know i think it's like, like a lot of them you had to let it kind of come up to temp a little yeah, bit for I don't, sure this is not a drink it cold you right. know just i think how we first sampled it and it's yeah. amazing how different it was from the first chance that i had it to where it is now when you're uh when you're drinking barley wine don't let the mountain turn blue on the bottle yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, for yeah. sure yeah well, so that's a good uh, segue because we wanted to chat about just kind of approaching, you know, cellaring verticals in general. Because I have a a very simple, you know, process, you know, that I follow in, in a few verticals that I've collected. This was one uh, vertical that I had collected with Bigfoot. And I actually had uh, sat down and tasted uh, the vertical that I had been keeping track with a long time ago. Um, so... It was nice, it, kind of repeating the exercise that I had done maybe like eight, you know, nine years ago to come back around and kind of do this again. So that was really kind of cool. Um, My case is manservants. Yeah. But uh, there are a couple bottles. of other verticals that I still have, and I'm sure we'll catch up with them here on the show at some point in time. Uh, Dogfish Head 120 Ooh, well, is the one that's that I have. That's a great thing to And do so my process for verticals is pretty much the same thing. I tend to buy at least two beers. And I drink one fresh, mm-hmm. and then I throw the other one in the cellar. Sometimes yeah. I'll buy three, and what I'll do if I have if I'll buy three is I usually have one immediately, and then I let it sit there for a year, and then I have that one, and then the third one I just let sit, and I have it in a vertical style, kind of like we're mm-hmm. doing yeah. here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you guys have any? Yeah, and, and math? that's one thing I would encourage our listeners. It's easy to build a Bigfoot vertical because they come in a six pack. They do, so you can drink yeah. a couple fresh yeah. and put a couple yeah. away, and and then have multiple vertical verticals year over year. Two Keep usually them. does the trick for me yeah. too. Yeah, I was going to say you're not going to so pound a six maybe, or maybe three, Bigfoot, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just make you sure you could if you tried. Yeah, make sure you got a good <laughs> yeah. place to try hard too. You know, I mean, you you need a dark, cool place. It's going to well, stay fairly consistent. That's, yeah. that's the thing. I I uh, cellar my beers. I've got a refrigerator with the temp control set at fifty five. Yeah, see, that's because nice. I don't have a way to go. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, and mine are uh, kept, you know, at at temp as well. But honestly, you know, the thing I've, and I would say this is very true of both cellaring wine and beer and some other products as well is you know a very consistent temperature with not a lot of variation. So listen, if you don't have a cool place choose dry and no light yeah um at least and a place that doesn't get any heat or a dramatic change in temperature so bottom of a closet bottom of a hallway closet that you go into like twice a year great choice you know uh for doing something like that you know and i think there's some people that um 
will end up doing stuff with uh, chest freezers. They'll set the regulator yeah. so it'll go to yep. 55. Yep. But I had a friend that just recently his regulator uh, spazzed out oh, on a, everything froze. It froze. Yeah. It froze, oh, yeah. and it had been fine for years. And then it spiked and went crazy, and he lost everything. I use a chest app. freezer for fermentation. That happened with happened. a with yeah. a wine uh, a wine cooler that I had that was uh, you know Bartles and James. No, oh. not a wine cooler. His, but his <laughs> entire that's a good one. His entire Boone's well, Farm collection. It, yeah, uh, it actually <laughs> heated up. It actually cooled down. Yeah, I opened it up, and nearly the heat decked me. I was like, wow. Oh, like, that's like 110 degrees in here. Frankly, I didn't have anything in there that was. Somebody's like, been boiling this wine. Yeah. Bourbon. <laughs> I was like, wow. Mm, nothing like a good. But all those uh, New York wine verticals <laughs> wasted. <you know? laughs> Knocked all the tannins would, right out. I of appreciate it. you sending those to me. So, anyway, now you know what happened to them. Mm. So, uh, so, yeah. So, the, I think those are all like, you know, good solid tips for people, you know, if they're interested in. Pick the right kind of beer. Pick a beer too. and go P- for it. Pick yeah, the right yeah, kind of beer. And yeah. so, yeah, that's, you know, uh, that's another tip that uh, Reverend Mark says is, you know, make sure it's of high alcohol, you yeah. know. Imperial uh, stout. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. I, no yeah. adjuncts either because so I'll tell I, you these, I said this, but yeah. I, I, will come, I will come back though. I, I have cellared IPAs and things that they say don't sell her and you tried it three or four risk. years ago. Yeah. Sometimes it works, yeah. and, it, and it actually they build good flavors. But yeah. and Dave's got a vertical, a ten-year vertical of Coors Light. Too. Yes, yeah. 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 Yes. Well, I do have to tell you the uh, so the beer that was actually sitting in front of this two thousand was a Yazoo Sly Rye Porter the first year they offered it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I actually put it right back on the shelf. I'm like, oh, it'll be interesting to have. Save this for the apocalypse. Which beer, which beer sucks? The Dos Perros or the Sly Rye Porter? I think I've got a Sioux that, that's in the back of my that I just I just leave it back there. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of the, um, you know, how high alcohol content is definitely going to be your friend in those situations. Uh, usually your darker beers uh, tend to age a little bit better than that. Mm. Sours, obviously. Um, but a lot of these like really heavily adjuncted uh, stouts and stuff like that don't necessarily no <laughs> true yeah, not at all. those are not your yeah. after 12 years they actually start to separate and there's a layer of <laughs> lactose floating on the top <laughs> so uh, I thought I'd kind of close out our uh, discussion here today with kind of talking about this flight in general you know because uh, you know you don't get to sit down and do these kind of things you know every day I mean nope what's uh I mean, did the flight kind of pan out the way you thought it was or any surprises or aha moments that you had? I'm always surprised by how things age. You know, you get that five to eight years and it's really hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get. That's the big surprise It could be exceptional or it could be just awful. But I thought it would be this slow sort of slide, you know. It's ne- and never it's, is. It's not at all. Yeah. yeah. I think you yeah. just always have to acknowledge how the variables between and all the different ingredients and all the different conditions that beers go through over the course of their life until you get them to the bottle to open it. Yeah. It's going to play a part in it. I like the uh, roller coaster effect that this uh, vertical had. It wasn't a uh, just a slow linear kind of thing, yeah. you know. No, there were lots of like different highs and lows. Yeah. yeah I just appreciate sure. Kendall like holding on to these beers no and kidding. bringing them yeah, in. Thanks, man. Man. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah, it was You're really welcome. cool. I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I would uh, totally uh, tell people Buy Bigfoot, throw it in a throw in the bottom of for four or five years. Yeah, yep. so you'll enjoy it. Drink a few, sell her a few. Hmm. 
Well, that's it for our episode today on uh, Sierra Nevada's Bigfoot. Hey, guess what? You managed to find where we're at today, wherever you're listening to us, whether it be on radio or satellite or online somewhere. We are all over the place. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and nearly any place that you can listen to a podcast. The easiest way to find our show is on your phone. Just ask Alexa, Siri, Google, or any of the chicks on your phone. Play podcast, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. And as always, we are super eager to read your feedback and questions. You can always reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram every day at Sip Suds Smoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Please take the time to rate this episode if you're listening online. Five stars. Five stars. Kendall, I... You have a great blog. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? My beautiful wife and I blog about the good news of good beer at beermakes3.com. You can also find us on Instagram. Thanks, Kendall. Sparky, thanks for joining us today. Always my pleasure. Yeah, more barley wine or you're done? (laughs) Fair. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Kettle Boy Caperton, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Keep up the fight against kudzu. Don't be lulled into complacency by winter. (laughs) Yes, I agree. It sleeps. Yeah, never. Yeah. Good old boy Dave, dare I say it? Thank you. Dare I say it? You're welcome. Well, this is good old boy Mike asking you, come back, join us for another exciting episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, and I will ask you to keep on sipping. Yeah. been a one tan hand production of sip suds and smokes a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life from the dude in the basement studios your host the good old boys will see y'all next time 